0: Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. One of your guilty pleasures, like going to the bathroom when nobody else is home and leaving the door open. Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit, here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pipes Magazine Radio Show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. And I am your host, Brian Levine, coming to you live from Huntersville, North Carolina, Tuesday night, August 15th. And on tonight's show, uh, I'm going to talk about a, uh, a landmark that, in uh, a New York City landmark, that I think we all ought to uh, get to. And uh, then my guest, David Field, RD Field is back again tonight. Uh, music, mailbag, and a rant related to the Facebook Live event. Yeah, I'll talk about that and the rant coming up. All that on uh, tonight's show. Uh, fairly good sized mailbag, so you all must have liked having uh, RD Field on. Well, you get him back again tonight. Um, don't forget, North America. <laughs> Uh, those of you in north america next uh monday the 21st of august the uh only uh solar total uh, solar eclipse in uh north america for the next 20 some odd hundred years i don't know what it is but anyway it's a special event from what everybody said last time there was one in north america complete total eclipse was 1979 and i actually remember it uh <laughs> Also, it's uh, the middle of August, so that means it's back to school time. Yeah, back to school time. So, and uh, you know, my my daughter went back to school uh, uh two weeks ago to get her apartment set up and get ready for a marching band and all that stuff. But uh, last week I was at that big I store that sells furniture and stuff because I needed some little parts not cuz i was buying any furniture there cuz i can't stand the place but i needed some little parts for a project that i'm working on and i think i was the uh it, it, let's just say it was filled with uh filled with young young people primarily girls going off to college looked like looked like i was the old man in the uh, in the waters there wandering around ikea grabbing all their uh, stuff but anyway uh i don't like ikea at all don't plan on going back all right let's get the show rolling everybody sit back relax fire up a bowl thank you all for tuning in and here we go next time i'm in new york city i am going to go to keen's k-e-e-n-s steakhouse uh, Keene Steakhouse was established in 1885, and uh, let me tell you the story. This is a New York Times article from March of 2012, so it's got a little bit of date to it, but it's still relevant, uh, and it's about Keene Steakhouse. Written by Bill Schultz, it says, In 1976, my membership certificate for, for Keene's English Chop House's Pipe Club arrived in my parents' mailbox, a gift from my godfather, James McIlvain. I hadn't yet turned two. I never did ask Uncle Jim whether the gesture was a hope that I too would one day puff away at his favorite hangout or if he merely giggled at the image of an infant inhaling from such an instrument. It looked as if it should be filled with opium rather than aged tobacco, like some sort of diaper-clad burger. Uh, starting in 1885 when Albert Keene opened his restaurant and saloon, now known as Keene Steakhouse, the destination has provided post-dinner pipes to the likes of Babe Ruth, Theodore Roosevelt, Buffalo Bill, and Buffalo Bill Cody. Keene, who managed the acting and literary society called the Lamb's Club on West 36th Street in what was then the theater district, opened up his self-named restaurant next door. Players at the nearby Garrick Theater would pop by in full costume and and pound Glen Morangay, as if it were Gatorade in between acts of their show. The church warden pipes in question are roughly 15 inches long, emblazoned with the handwritten number assigned to each owner and kept on the premises, since they are far too fragile to transport. Uh, New members would receive their pipes cards bearing the identifying digits and back in the day complimentary plum pudding delivered every Christmas. The current models are handmade in Holland by a company called Royal Delta and are far more Shakespearean than Sherlockian in appearance. It is written that the church moniker comes from the old chapel officers who created a stem long enough to reach out past the stained glass windows so they might smoke away during mass. My mother recently found My card and letter of introduction in an old file cabinet. Uh, His church warden, bearing the above number, is in our custody and reserved for for his use whenever he partakes in the tavern's hospitality, the probably now dead manager wrote. Uh, My mother promptly mailed the documents to my midtown apartment, whereupon I framed and nailed this little slice of the town's more tobacco-friendly past onto my least stained wall. Confident in the fact that I'd never actually locate the receptacle itself, sadly, a long ago, uh, a long ago office fire, along with a brief closing in 1979, compromised both Keene's files and I assumed any chances I had of reclaiming my slow-burning birthright, or so I thought, until a waiter recently informed me that if I still had my registration number, uh, it's nine eight six seven one an employee could probably retrieve my yet-to-be-puffed present. We're better off when we have a number like in your case, Keene's general manager and default pipe wrangler Bonnie Jenkins said when I phoned her about my search and smoke mission. Ms. Jenkins has overseen daily operations at the restaurant since 1997 and has fond long-lost clays which are arrayed in a confounding manner along the expansive ceilings for countless old regulars there went their widows and memento seeking children, Miss Jenkins recalled a recent letter from a Royal Navy veteran who had been stationed in New York in nineteen forty two He sent his pipe card and said he just wanted us to know that he is always that he always remembers Keynes and that it was a really special time in his life, even though there was a war going on. She said another woman wanted to find her dead father's pipe for her mother. Miss Jenkins said it took me two years, but I found it. I kept that fact in mind as the days turned into weeks after our initial conversation as the no-dice emails kept coming from Keynes. Between the attic with its shelves full haphazardly filled with clays and the 90,000 church wardens stashed above the old photos, newspaper clippings, and other odd ephemera covering the restaurant's six expansive dining rooms, I was beginning to lose faith. Then two weeks ago, I opened another email from Miss Jenkins which stated simply, but ebulently we found it. My heart became as full as my lungs soon would be as I smiled over the idea of a long delayed meeting between Pipe and person. I asked Miss Jenkins if she ever found a clay for someone like me who had gotten it as a child, but had never actually seen the thing. She thought about it for a moment and then replied excitedly, You're the first. The next Monday morning I strolled into the still closed restaurant for the unveiling Miss, for the unveiling. "'Miss Jenkins, slight of frame with shoulder-length brown hair "'and the type of boundless energy that should be illegal at such an early hour, "'greeted me warmly and brought me straight up into the bowels of the pipe room. First, I looked here,' Miss Jenkins said, "'of the pile of musty boxes containing unclaimed clays from the teens, twenties, thirties, and so on. "'No one has ever been in this room apart from employees. "'Nobody ever gets to go up here.' She then grabbed several nearby examples and showed them to me. You can see how these have the little stems on them, she said. The two of us made made our way down to the Lincoln Room where the Ford's Theater playbill that President Lincoln held right before John Wilkes Booth's bullet met his brain is improbably displayed near the entrance. I just climbed up on my stepladder, explained Miss Jenkins, reenacting her needle-in-the-haystack triumph-in-the-room's bar and couldn't make out the last two numbers at first because of where it was located. And then I got very excited. The feeling was mutual. She went on to perform the traditional presentation of the pipe, which was covered with a purple napkin on a platter, and then with a flick of her wrist, voila, there was a maple-brown beauty emblazoned with the signifying 98671, that I was supposed to have received during the Carter administration. Uh, Mayor Michael Bloomberg enacted a citywide smoking ban in 2003, but not before being presented with an honorary pipe during a dinner at Keene's. He was very gracious, Miss Jenkins recalled. We gave him the pipe a day before the ban took effect, actually. While Mr. Bloomberg's unused clay sits nestled among other signed stems from the likes of Tom Hanks, Muhammad Ali, and Liza Minnelli, I was forced to go outside in 40-degree weather to take my inaugural smoke. As the wooden door shut behind me, I stuffed some recently bought tobacco into the head of the church warden, pulled out a match, and sucked away while trying to get the surprisingly stubborn little memento to light. Finally, the bowl grew hot enough that I moved my hand to the nub below, and I was in business. I was as surprised at how much I enjoyed the sweet, oaky taste as I was saddened "'that this would probably be the last time I'd puff pr- publicly "'because, let's face it, in this day and age, "'anyone caught trying to smoke something "'that resembles a prop from the Lord of the Rings "'would immediately be called a jerk. keens custom holds that when a member dies, "'friends and family ceremoniously break the stem "'of his or her church warden "'so that it can never be smoked again. "'When one falls off the ceiling or something, "'we go, "'Oh no,' Miss Jenkins said, chuckling.' It's sort of like every time a bell rings, an angel gets his wings. My godfather died of cancer at age 63 in 2009. I hadn't done a very good job of keeping in touch with him and never got to ask him if he too was a pipe holder. But it would make sense that he would want his godson to be in the club of which he was an esteemed member. It is therefore comforting to think that Uncle Jim's clay is still collecting dust somewhere above Keene's ancient lighting fixtures. Or that perhaps his church warden ended up shattering upon meeting the floor three years ago in January. That's a uh, wonderful article about Keen's. To learn more about Keen's Steakhouse in New York City, their website is www.keens.com. They've got some wonderful pictures of the uh, restaurant on there and pictures of the pipes and uh, some of the more famous pipes around there so check that out in just a minute david field will be back on the phone
1: with me this is internet radio italians have always been known for their aesthetic passion it's their birthright their legacy and just like savinelli it continues to grow and evolve it is ever-changing milan 1876 Each year, Savinelli debuts a series of new, forward-thinking designs comprised of quality-crafted pipes shaped from some of the best briar in the world. Behind every beautiful object, there's a story. Start your own chapter. Visit your local tobacconist or premium online dealer today. (laughs) ¶¶
0: we are back on the Pipes Magazine Radio Show, and back joining us again is uh, David Field, the uh, the world famous eight year old holiday pipe smoker or holiday tobacco pipe smoker. Uh, but <laughs> Dave, last time we last time we had you on, we got to you and Bill Taylor, and the Ashton pipe brand is born, and you had all twenty or thirty of it for uh, global distribution. Um, so what did, so, so first of all, welcome back. And, uh, have you ever actually smoked holiday pipe tobacco?
2: Well, I guess I did when I was eight, but I haven't since.
0: Okay. All right, good. Uh, so when you're, so with the, with the Ashton brand and you're working full time, I mean, did it slowly ramp up and then I guess Bill finally left Dunhill and turned to it full time?
2: Uh he left he left on hill if I remember correctly in eighty four. I, I can tell you this. I had my thirty one I think it was thirty one Ashton Pipes from eighty three and I decided uh, to join the trade show organization at the time, RTDA, Retail Tobacco Dealers Association, and yeah. to go on the trade show and I and I did that. Nineteen eighty three. <laughs> I I rented one table. I had no idea what I was doing. I was truly, I, and I'm not a businessman. I was a social worker. I don't know what the hell's going on. I'm just, you know, I like these pipes and I want to try and sell them. Anyway, I rent this table and I put all 31 pipes out and I sat there. I didn't try to approach anyone because I'm not a salesperson. I don't do that well. I, I can't, I'm not, I'm not a glad hand. I'm not a guy who says, say, hey, come on over here and have a look at these. Anyway, so I just, I sat there and people were coming by and every now and again somebody picked something up and that was it and um, uh, and, and nothing happened absolutely nothing so that was that was my introduction into the trade show <laughs> uh, but before then starting starting in 1980 I began importing the radici. so I had I had some I had some I had some experience and the way I started, as I said, I'm not a businessman, I had no no idea, but in the beginning, 1980, uh, I, I had these for DJ pipes, and I am figured, how am I going to do this? Am I going to be regional or national? Am I only going to try and sell them in Pennsylvania and New Jersey, or am I going to try to sell them all across the country? So what I did... I went to the library in Philadelphia on my lunch break and I got all the phone books of all the big cities and I copied down the well known tobacco shops. I copied their names and addresses and I wrote them all letters and saying, Yeah, hey, I'm so and so and so and so. I got this really great Italian play, blah, 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 blah. If you want to, I'll send them to you. You can, you know, you can pick them, you can send them back, you know, all on trust. It was like approval. And that's how I started. It worked. I couldn't believe it, but it worked. I mean, I went, uh, I sent things to Ehrlichs in Boston, and I went Reese in Chicago, and Grants in San Francisco, and I don't know how many other places, but I just remember those three. And it worked. I mean, all of a sudden, I was in biz. I, I was I was selling these for DJ pipes. So uh, then, in 83, uh, you know, I, I was able to call these people because I knew them now, and I said, hey, I've got this really nice English pipe. It's it's, it's like a Dunhill it's you know, uh, you third the price and it's really good. You should have a look at it. And a lot of them didn't, a lot of them took them. So it just continued on from there. And it, I mean, you know, the pipe was quality. Uh, no question about that. And it, it, it mushroomed. <laughs> I,
0: I like the idea of going to the library and getting the phone books instead of, you know, just like sitting down at your computer and Google searching it.
2: We didn't have computers. There were no computers. <laughs> <laughs> this was 1980. There were no computers, but there were there were yellow pages of all the big cities in 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 a branch of the Philadelphia library. And I was able to walk, you know, three or four blocks away from my from my job uh, at, at lunchtime with a, a pen and paper, and yeah, you yeah, know, I was able to write down all this stuff. So, and then you know, you know, I went home at night, and I, you know, I composed letters
0: so the so your first rtda was not real successful for
2: you uh when did well, it, i didn't know what time to do it wasn't <laughs> successful at all well i don't know what to say i mean i had no clue zero
0: <laughs> when did it when did it start becoming a big event for you selling wise and and how how do you think that happened
2: you know, I don't know. I mean, it just got bigger and bigger every year. And also, then when uh, you know, when Robbie and I, when Robbie had to launch his cigar brand, which was 85, he and I shared booths at the at the trade show. <laughs> so he had his cigar brand, which was taking off very slowly, and my pipes were free, and they were they weren't you know you know bombing off the shelves, but they were. I mean, you know, I could I could sell everything I had at the time. Um, so we shared booths for a couple of, you know, a couple of years, and it just it gradually picked up as the the reputation that became of became, uh, you know, better known.
0: <laughs> and were you out doing some of the uh, some of the pipe collector shows with the pipes too?
2: Oh, I, absolutely, without a question, I was doing. I was doing. I was doing store shows. I was doing uh, collector shows. Yes, yeah. Yeah, I was doing everything I possibly could. You know, it's interesting that when you have a vocation and an avocation, the one uh, really helps the other. You know, you know, you get tired of the one thing, and you know, you bounce right, you you bounce right into your avocation, and then you get a little tired of the avocation, and you go, you know, you know, go right back into your uh, into your job. So it really helped. I'm, and of course I was, you know, thirty odd then, or something like that. I'm not. I don't know if I could do it now, but I, you know, <laughs> certainly did it then, and it was fine. I mean, you know, I used to, I used to spend, I used to spend all night every night working on pipes, and I used to send boxes. I used to send. I mean, I had UPS pickup every day with a lot of uh, of parcels going out.
0: Wow, and that was on top of a full time job.
2: I was on top of a full time job. What I did with a full time job, how I could go over to England and and Italy as so often, is I used to I used to work overnight for comp time. I used to work on what they called standby. I at the time I worked with homeless, and what would happen is if you work if you work standby, uh, you worked uh, twelve to eight. And if there was a call who came in that somebody was homeless and needed to be housed, it was up to you to do it. So, I mean, I'd go to sleep, but then every now and again I'd get a call at 3 o'clock or, you know, uh, even 1 o'clock saying, Hey, we found this guy at Tone and Tone and Tone and, and he needs a place. And then I'd have to go try to find a place for him. So, anyway, I haven't asked all this calm time. I haven't asked a lot of calm time. So I was able to take time out to go to England. And to and to Italy and to work with the pipe makers because I knew at least I thought I knew I still think I knew you know what the American market happened to want so I was able to uh, to uh, you know impress upon the the the, uh, the pipe makers uh, you know to what they needed to do.
0: At, at that point in the in the late 70s and early 80s, how many bowls of pipe tobacco were you smoking a day?
2: Oh, not very many. I never have.
0: Well, that's... Even though you could smoke at work and smoke on the bus and yeah. smoke anywhere uh, you yeah. wanted.
2: No, I... I, I it, it was not something that I needed. It was something that I enjoyed. and I I would only smoke a pipe when I'm relaxing. And I, as as you can tell, I didn't have a lot of time for relaxing. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> so, and, and then you were going over to all these wonderful countries where smoking was, uh, free to do wherever you wanted. And,
2: uh, it was great. Uh, especially, especially the pubs love to go with, uh, a pint of ale and a, and a pipe. I mean, it was just, it was the best. And when that closed down, I was so unhappy uh, and, you know, actually I'm going over in September, but I'm going to have to find, uh, you know, all the pubs outdoor gardens cause you can still smoke there.
0: Yeah. Or, or the leaning rails that they've put outside and
2: if I haven't seen those. I just like, you know, a nice afternoon, uh, you sunny, cloudy or whatever, as long as it's not raining, uh, you know, sit on a, a bench or a chair, uh, a pint of ale and a, a pipe is, you know, it's the best. Uh, oh,
0: now you got me wanting to drink and all right. <laughs> so we won't do that. Um, So you you were doing this all until you uh, until you completely retired.
2: I did this. I started importing in nineteen eighty. Oh, I have a whole other thing with Costello. You didn't know about that, did you? Well, uh, I don't know if I should go into that.
0: Well, yeah. Now you. uh, uh, No, 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 no. You open that up. Let's talk about Costello now, too.
2: Okay. Well, after after I was able to become a principal pipe dealer. I thought, well, I mean, you know, I said, you send a company money and they send me this stuff. So I tried that with Holocaust War, of course, only had Casella over here and they only had Sea Rocks and went ahead of trademark or so. And they, they told me to, you know, go stuff myself in a way. Of course, it was kind. It was a kind way, but they said, <laughs> we're not telling you anything. And I said, okay. And then I started going over to Italy. And I went over on my own and I went to the Casella factory and I met. I met I met the grandmaster himself, Carlos Goldi, and I met uh, his son-in-law, Hikino you Culpo, and and his beautiful wife, Savanella. Oh, she was gorgeous. And, you know, toward the factory, I was I was allowed to buy a pipe right, right for myself. That's it. I mean, they didn't want Mippy to go to the factory and buy all these pipes and bring them back. But I went around to all the shops. I went to Milan. I went to Torino. I went to Rome. I went everywhere. And I bought Castellos because they were a lot cheaper than they were here. And I brought them back. <laughs> and so again, with my, you know, from my mailing list, I had, I had those on there. And I had hundreds of Castello pipes. And mm-hmm. I, I was selling them. Now, one time, <laughs> one time, here's a surprising thing, but to me, still surprises me. I went to uh, the San Francisco show at 19-something, 79, I don't remember. It was like the second one. I was invited by a guy by the name of Mark Kaufman, who was an old time collector. A wonderful guy. Um, and I stayed at his house, and I had like 80, 80 or 90 I could like, which nobody ever saw before. <laughs> and Mark sees him, like, I said, oh, you're going to sell them all. So I'm out there with the table, and I have all these and they were beautiful uh, they were just stunning pieces i didn't sell one <laughs> I it stunned me i was shocked i flew out to san francisco and nothing happened but i did obviously sell them i i mean you know everybody everybody wanted these nobody had, you know i ever seen these collections and these all these you know, you know, great lines and all these things that that you know that, that weren't coming over here. So obviously, I saw them, but I just didn't. I didn't sell any of that show. <laughs> now, uh, in, so in... that was I could my Consolo story, and I've been to the Consolo factory quite a few times. Well, not quite a few times, probably three times, and they were always very, very nice. Always extremely nice folks.
0: When you when you talk about these shows, like the like the St. Louis show and the San Francisco show, I mean. Uh, yeah, how many tables of pipes and how many people are we talking about?
2: Oh, I mean, again, I don't remember, except they were, it was a lot. I mean, I mean this wasn't any small thing. These were, you know, it was crowded. I, each of the shows was crowded. As a matter of fact, Marty Coulter said he was at that San Francisco show I was at. Now, I didn't mean him, he didn't mean me. He was selling his stuff. I'm trying to sell mine. <laughs> but it was... I mean, it was big. They're big. They were big. Now they weren't like Chicago. Right. But then you know nothing is like Chicago.
0: Yeah. So you're not you're not talking about uh, like thousands of people, but you're talking about a couple hundred people and jammed you know, full yeah. and
2: yeah 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 exactly maybe uh, maybe fifty to seventy to eighty tables. I'm guessing now because again, that's a long time ago and I I don't remember.
0: And a in a nice big smoke filled room and a bunch of uh yes. and, and some horse trading going on and some buying and selling
2: going on. Yeah, a lot of horse trading. You know, the shows in the beginning were much more swapping. Uh you know, retailers weren't there. It was really a collectors. It was a whole different scene than it, it has uh it has uh, become. And and there weren't a lot of playmakers. first of all there there were only like two American playmakers at the time and then, and then Mike Dutero, he got in, and he was recognized as the best. So he was the third. And then all of a sudden, now there are about 18 million American playmakers. But at the time, they were none, <laughs> almost none. <laughs>
0: That's the perfect place for us to take a break while we count the names of all 18 million of them. Uh, <laughs> stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute.
3: I'm Jeremy Reeves. Head blender of Cornell & Deal Pipe Tobacco Company. Since 1990, Cornell & Deal has been producing high-quality pipe tobacco, expertly blended by hand using time-honored methods, unique recipes, and no small amount of innovation. One example of such innovation is our bestseller Autumn Evening. We start with whole-leaf red Virginia and strip the stems by hand. The tobacco is then cut into ribbons and cooked for two days according to our unique recipe to create our special red Virginia Cavendish. Then we infuse the tobacco while it's still hot with our secret flavoring to achieve the sublime sweetness, deep flavor, and delightful aroma that makes autumn evenings so well loved by our loyal customers and everyone around them as they enjoy this very special blend Cornell and Deal Pipe Tobacco Company. It's a labor of love. Contact your local or online retailer for information.
0: We are back on the Pipes Magazine Radio Show, and uh, I think we got to what about 400 pipe makers, and we stopped counting. Uh, but
2: we're, 18, 18, eighteen, I'm sorry, eighteen
0: million. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I can only come up with 400, but uh, we're we're still hanging out with Dave Field, and uh, so. So now you've got uh, you've got Rediche, you've got Ashton Pipes, you've got Black Market Costellos, or uh, Gray no, Market Costellos. No,
2: no, Costellos. But no, but Wait, stop, 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 stop. <laughs> no, the I, I did not have the Costellos. I was not doing that after I started importing. That all went by the by in 1980. So this is okay. all all before eighty. So you went, you
0: know, the, you went the pure, Costellos. you went purely legitimate.
2: I went <laughs> purely as an importer I would not sell to a retail customer because it's not ethical and so I did not have the Daniel principal pipe dealer thing anymore I did not sell any consoles no that was that was all done
0: so when um, when did you start to see a, a change in the pipe market did you I mean did you start to see it yeah, the 80s was not the best time to be a pipe smoker because things were getting discontinued and stores uh, starting to close in the late 80s. I mean, is that what you saw?
2: No, actually, um, I'm trying to remember. I was it, was. it was a booming market for a while until the beginning, I think, of the cigar boom. Then it started to slow down. Everybody was into cigars. So it wasn't. No, the late eighties were still all right. I mean, they weren't absolutely fantastic. Of course, from what I understand, nineteen sixty four was fantastic when the the uh, Surgeon General said, "Hey, you better stop smoking cigarettes and smoke a pipe instead." Yeah. So, but I wasn't, you know, I wasn't in the biz, and so I don't know. But uh, no, no, the late eighties were all right. Uh, you know, we were still selling extremely well, and the cigar boom came along, and things started to dissipate because a lot of famous celebrities were all photographed with cigars and and then cigar aficionado had to latch on to the trend the trend was already happening and cigar cigar aficionado had to come in the right time and even you know you know boosted it even more and quicker
0: are but, you are you disparaging um, the fine words of marvin Shanken?
2: i not not at all that's a fine magazine absolutely without question but it you know i I always thought if there was a a pipe it with a lot of celebrities smoking pipes it would have helped that hasn't happened
0: not quite yet no we're we're still working on that um and then uh and then i guess uh somewhere down the road, bill went on his own and uh and
2: he went he went on his own a if I remember correctly in nineteen eighty four to rented a place a workshop. You know, I went there and then, uh, you know, afterwards got a bigger workshop and he had his uh, his first employee was uh, Frank Lincoln, who was also you know, ex-Daniel, who was a good man. Absolutely. And I, they were they made some great stuff together. They really did. But then, you know, Frank died, unfortunately, a few years later. And anyway, Bill employed some other people, uh, some who worked out and some didn't. Uh, uh, he, he, you know, then he was able. I, I introduced uh, Bill to to you know, who was to uh, become his Italian distributor because I knew, I knew, I knew, the man is a very, very good man. Uh, Bill happened to find his own his uh, German distributor on his own, so he was he was selling into a lot of markets after you know the first couple of years.
0: And then, when did you and uh, when did you stop importing Ashton pipes?
2: I stopped in in uh, in o three.
0: And then Bill went on. Uh, his, Bill went on his own, selling them direct. After that.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was, um, let's say, a disagreement. I'm not sure if I should go into a disagreement as to what happened, but I was. I I told. Bill. <laughs> I, I laid down an ultimatum. I said, if he didn't do something or other, then I would stop importing them here, and that would be that. And, um.
0: So let, let's you know, suffice Bill,
2: it. Bill did what he wanted to do, and that was it.
0: So let's just say that, uh, it, it became a mutual agreement to, uh, not work together anymore.
2: Well, it wasn't mutual. I just said, I'm not doing it. And then he, <laughs> you know, he carried on from there.
0: Um. Did your when did you retire from uh social work?
2: I retired from social work and I didn't retire, I quit uh <laughs> in, in ninety six and I went to work for Ashton. The you know, Ashton and a cigar, And I was there from uh from ninety six to uh two thousand. So I was there for three and a half years. And, and after that I went out on my own and I just had the pipes. And that was
0: it. And then you uh, decided to leave Philadelphia for the uh, for the high deserts of New Mexico.
2: Well, that wasn't until '07.
0: <laughs> and you've never looked back.
2: I've never looked back. Now, I've visited. As a matter of fact, I'll be going back there in September before I go overseas. Uh, but, uh, no, I like it here.
0: Were you part of the, uh, the Philadelphia Pipe Club? Yes. And that...
2: Actually, actually, there were, there were two, uh, one with the first one was the Liberty Belt pipe club. And then I guess it morphed into the Christopher Morley pipe club.
0: <laughs> and that pipe club is still actively going. It is. So you've, uh, so your, your legacy is still there, uh, going strong. Um,
2: when did you, you know, it's not my legacy. I didn't start any, I didn't start that club. I was, you know, I was a member of it. That's true. But I was, I was not an officer. I was not anything. I just attended meetings.
0: <laughs> yeah. But I, I heard you were, uh, you were part of, you were the center of the party.
4: <laughs> I, I doubt that.
2: <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> I was going to ask you something brilliant and it completely slipped my mind. Um, well that happens, Ryan. Yeah, welcome to my age. Uh, <laughs> when, welcome to my age, when I get there I'll let you know. Uh Jerry, please. Yeah. So, <laughs> all right. Well, I'll have some editing to do here. Um so your current uh your current adventure is uh partnered with uh Marty Pulvers and
2: well, just partly party party, 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 party partly partnered. I've got, I have two brands on my own and then the rest are with Marty.
0: And uh you guys actually still go on buying trips.
2: Oh yeah. Absolutely.
0: So if one were to ask you of uh the favorite places to go in Italy, uh where would you suggest?
2: I actually like the region region called Marche, which is the the breadbasket of Italy. It's a beautiful place. Uh, It's it's not as well known as Tuscany, but it's as beautiful, and it's a lot less expensive. I would stay out of cities. Uh, Cities are—any small village has fantastic restaurants, and it's just a lot calmer. You don't—you know, you're not— you know, you're not walking the street trying to dodge cars all the time. It is just very, very tranquil in the villages.
0: Uh, and uh, I, I've been to Italy once, but I know that uh, the uh, the dinners tend to be very long dinners.
2: Oh, uh, three hours. Yeah. And, and lunches can be the same, as a matter of fact. I know what, um, because we have vacation over there. I first vacation over there with Bill... And his wife and family and my wife and family, we went to a, 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 play, a place in Marquee on the seaside. And we had a wonderful time. Wonderful, this was 1986, and then we did it again in 1987. We had a fantastic time. Uh, we, you know, we had hotel rooms right on the beach, and we'd go out, and there, there were cabana chairs on the beach, and you could read because you had you know, the chair your shade to say so you weren't completely cooked all the time. <laughs> and you know, if you got if you got hot you go on the Adriatic and it was very nice and then you come back and there were there was a bar every hundred feet so you can have a beer. And then every three hundred feet there was a restaurant so we have a good three three hour lunch. <laughs> and then we all go back and take a little snooze and then go back out around I don't know, uh, five o'clock. would go out there on the beach for a little bit and then we go out to dinner about eight and have a three hour dinner. Oh, man, I'm
0: telling you, it's a life. <laughs> All right, now now I remembered what I was going to ask you before. Uh, do you have any, uh, since I'll, I'll put a plug in for uh, Pipes and Tobacco's magazine, do you have any of your favorite articles that you can recommend for us to look for? Well,
2: I'm, I'm not going to comment on my own articles <laughs> if <in> my <family>. see. <laughs> that, that, that ain't right. <laughs> oh, come on. I am. No, I'm sure. If anybody wants to read them, they can read them and see. Actually, I have them all on my website. It doesn't matter if they don't. They don't even. I shouldn't say this because I don't want to. I don't want to say that they shouldn't buy the magazine, but they don't have to buy them from my, you know, from my articles because they're on. They're they're already up on the on the on the web.
0: In that case, let's plug the what is what is the website and where can we also go to look at the pipes that you and uh, you and Marty import.
2: Uh, the website is rdfield.com.
0: That's very simple. Uh, and it
2: is indeed.
0: And since, since I can't look at it right now, I'm I'm assuming all the pipes are up there and everything too.
2: Well, just uh, no, I, I can't say all the pipes. All the, there are way too many to photograph. So all I have is you know examples because every pipe is handmade I mean, I'm not going to go out there and photograph 18,000 pipes. I'm just <laughs> not out there anymore, if I ever was. So, uh, you know, what happens is when a retailer happens to want you know, some pipes, I send a selection out. I mean, you know, if they want eight or ten or whatever, I'll send you know, I'll send out 36, and they'll choose. And that way, they can actually have to pick them up. They can, you know, they can feel them. They can they can see how heavy they are, or you know, how light they are. Uh yeah, I think it's a whole lot better than having a photograph.
0: And what pipe shows can we see you at usually?
2: Well, in Chicago but this, this year I didn't make it. And uh the the West Coast Pipe Show. Now of course when I lived in the East we did a lot of Trump shows. Oh, man, we were all up and down the East Coast and the Midwest, but in New Mexico, stores are far apart. <laughs> everything is far apart. So we don't do any drum shows anymore. We used to do one in Denver, and this is the first year that we haven't. It. it just, everything is too far apart. I mean, you know, to go anywhere outside of Las Cruces, you've got to travel for at least 90 miles to get in another small town
0: when, when it, growing up in los angeles i knew that it was four hours to the next state and that was the closest thing to get to now that i live on the east coast it's like man, four hours i can be through the other state and into the next
2: one exactly it's a whole it's a whole different see out here it's very very different so we don't do uh trunk shows anymore
0: All right, Dave, we will wrap this up with the fast five final questions. No right answer, no wrong answer, just whatever comes to your mind. Are you ready? I'm ready. What is your favorite pipe? Ashton. And what is your favorite tobacco? Tobacco.
2: Right now, uh, uh, McClellans. Any of the any of the uh, McClellans of Virginias, you know, the tins, the tins of Virginia, twenty-seven, twenty-four, et cetera,
0: twenty-two. Yep. Uh, what is your favorite drink?
2: Ale. I was... uh, ale, as opposed to beer. Beer is more general. Ale is a top fermented beverage. It's kind of fruity. That I'm not going to comment on. that. just say it's kind <laughs> of fruity. It's it's not. There's not a lot of hops in it, let's say that.
0: And and it's best served at a temperature that's not near freezing.
2: Uh, What they call cellar temperature, which is around 55, you know, like
0: 58 degrees. Uh. Uh, When it's time to relax, do you prefer a book, a movie, or music? A book. Any any particular genres that uh, set you
2: off? I'm reading everything. Right now, I'm in the midst of the nonfiction the nonfiction uh, gangs of New York, upon which the film was uh, loosely based. Um, I've just finished a, a, I guess you'd call it a thriller, about what they call the Dublin Murder Squad, a ton of French. Uh, the novel's called The Trespasser. It's a wonderful book. But, I mean, I, I, I read a lot. I mean, I do read a heck of a lot all kinds all things everything
0: someday i'll have the time but then it'll all be mickey mouse stuff that i'll read about anyway um that's
2: all right that's allowed
0: and then the last question is going to be really tough for you but do you have a particularly favorite pipe smoking related memory that we haven't talked about (sighs) i have to admit all right
2: um yeah, probably uh, when when my wife and I were in Bruges at a cafe, and we probably sat there from 3 o'clock in the afternoon to you know 9 o'clock at night smoking our pipes and drinking all these Belgian ales. It was absolutely superb.
0: Sounds beautiful. Uh, it was. Again, the website is rdfield.com. Uh, David... Thank you very much for coming back and uh, putting up with me again.
2: My pleasure, Brian.
0: And we'll uh, we'll see you at the West Coast Pipe Show. That's a deal. <laughs> we'll be back in just a
3: minute. My name is Shane Ireland, and I'm the pipe manager at SmokingPipes.com. It's my job to source and select the absolute best pipes from all over the world. We take collecting seriously, so you should think of us as your team of personal pipe shoppers. When you browse our site and make your selection, the pipe you've picked out has traveled from the maker to our merchandising and quality control department. It was then given to our highly skilled photographers, videographers, and copywriters before being carefully and lovingly packaged by our shipping team. The pipe you see is the pipe you get, and it's just the one you've been searching for. Whether you're on the hunt for that next special piece to add to your collection or would simply like a recommendation from our extensive selection of tobaccos, give us a call at 1-888-366-0345 and our friendly experts will be glad to assist you. We are quality. We are experts. We are collectors. We are SmokingPipes.com.
1: This is Internet Radio.
0: Welcome back, and uh, speaking of Shane Ireland, the uh, second part of the Chuck Stanion interview is on uh, SmokingPipes.com's blog, so you can go there and watch that video. I really do want to thank uh, David for uh, coming back and doing a second one. A uh, ton more stories and uh, you know a lot of stuff, so uh, maybe I'll uh, see David in Vegas. We'll sit down, compare notes, and come up with a uh, third visit back for him. All right, for music... Uh, if you'll remember back a while ago, I found uh, some Stevie Ray Vaughan and Albert King. Uh, this one's a little bit on the longer side, but I really like it. It's it's called Match, Matchbox Blues. Let me get it out there again. Matchbox Blues by uh, Albert King and Stevie Ray Vaughan.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: yeah i remember them days real good i know <laughs> didn't have very many clothes didn't know nobody to call to send for you so you had to get out there and hitchhike you know sure. you don't make no difference you say i'm going and i know i got to hitchhike but i'm going anyway whatever happens I had to pay my dues somewhere. Listen. Dreamed that I was lucky. But I woke up cold and hand, yeah. Hey, I dreamed that I was lucky, dog. But I woke up cold and hand, yeah, yeah. I dream I had you all by myself. I know you found you another man Yeah Oh, that's why I wonder Will a matchbox Hold my clothes Hey, sometimes I wonder Darling Will a matchbox Hold my clothes Yeah, yeah You know I have got so many, but I got so far to go. Like my train buddy, I'm bound to let her ride, well, oh, that's why I wonder, will the matchbox hold my clothes? Hey, sometimes I wonder, darling, will the matchbox hold my clothes, yeah. yeah. You know I haven't got so many But I got so far to go
4: Yeah Ain't yeah. that right
0: smokers of the past
1: master i have mail for you
0: and a lot of mail do we have so going back to last week Eye wrote great interview we need more like this look forward to more from david i even enjoyed this week's uh, this music this week thanks nelson nelson you're welcome glad you enjoyed the music hope you enjoyed more of uh, david just now uh, Casey Ghost writes, just a spectacular show with David Field. Smoking a pipe at age nine was really rich. His life in pipes might well be one of legend. Uh, the great tragedy of health insurance, going back to the rant, uh, is everybody wants the other guy to pay for their health care. No, I don't want the other guy to pay for, their, for my health care. I want health care equality. I want our great medical profession professionals and our great pharmaceutical companies to be able to provide health care equally and fairly to everybody. Uh, Al Jones writes, uh, I'm going to hold my breath until the continuation of the RD Fields interview continues, so don't delay. <laughs> As a fan and collector of Bill Taylor, Ashton pipes his memories and experiences are like gold. Well, there you go. You can breathe again now you've had the conclusion. And I'm sure there's probably some uh, Bill Taylor stories. Um, Ozzy Flyer writes: uh, Past his prime, good try, Brian. <laughs> uh, we got it. Great interview. Looking forward to the second half. Uh, totally with you on the rant slippery slope, thin edge of the wedge call it what you like I'm already living it I just checked for smoker versus non-smoker premiums to give as an example from finder.com.au for $800,000 life coverage, a 35 year old Australian accountant can pay $41 per month as a non-smoker and $81.20 if he smokes uh, you can shop around and you might pay only fifty to sixty percent more than a non-smoker. Thirty percent for now, maybe. Dig your heels in, my American brothers. Yeah, he's right. Dig in tight. Uh, Dino says I too am holding my uh, my bread breath for the for the continuation of the excellent conversation with David. The tune from Sir James was lovely. Another fun show. Thanks, Fluffy. Dino. Yeah, and a big hug and a kiss to you too fluffy Dino Um, let's see uh, what's coming up Uh, Columbus Pipe Show is the next thing around the uh, around the bend here and if you're not a member of the NASPC and you're not getting their wonderful pipe collector uh, newsletter it is well worth it Uh, that and Pipes and Tobacco's Magazine the two things in print that come out regularly for us pipe smokers And you can get electronic versions of them if you're overseas. Uh, Lastly, I'll put out one more offer for one of you listeners. As the guest host series, I have one spot that has become available. All I need from you is an email to brian at pipesmagazine.com. You pick the pipe parts subject, you talk about pipe parts, and then we talk to you. That's it. All right. Rant time next. on. Last week's Facebook Live event was great. It was wonderful. We had a lot of good conversation, a lot of good back and forth, and only a few of you actually got to tune in and actually got to see it because Facebook somehow, some way, changed the way they save the videos, and I still don't know how it happened. So at the end of the video, I posted end video, clicked to save, And up it goes, right? You know, that's the way it's supposed to work. That's the way it's worked the last two times I've done it. Well, this time, it was up for about an hour, hour and a half, supposedly. And then I woke up the next morning, and it was completely gone. Vanished. Vamoosed. Sucked off into uh, the Russian hacker's uh, dark web somewhere. And uh, went away with uh, green eggs and ham. I have no idea where it is. So that day that last Thursday I send an email to Facebook support going hey what happened you know I did a Facebook live last week where's my video I get a response back saying "Uh, thank you for reporting this technical problem I didn't ask I didn't say that there was a technical problem I said what you know what happened where is it so I sent another message to them asking them why did my Facebook live video not save I got a response back Sorry for the technical problems. Same old patent reply back and forth. Four different emails. I figured, I right, I got, you know, I'm, I'm in on you now. I'm, I'm not letting go. Four different emails back and forth with them asking the same question in different ways. And I got varied answers of standard responses of technical problems that we will look into. Well, <laughs> Thanks for your help, Facebook. My video's gone forever. The good news is, um, as soon as I need more flake tobaccos for my rotation, I'll plan ahead and I'll uh, look on the, uh, on the interwebs and see if there's a way to really uh, figure out what I did wrong and maybe practice it. Maybe Facebook changed something and they haven't told everybody. Who knows? Anyway, we'll do it again, I promise. We'll do it again. It was a lot of fun. involved a coffee grinder. All right, uh, comments and feedback much appreciated. Email me Brian at PipesMagazine dot com. Post them on the Pipes Magazine Radio Show page on pipesmagazine.com. dot uh, com. iTunes feedbacks would be absolutely wonderful if you haven't if you haven't had a chance to do that yet. Be much appreciated. I want to thank David Field again for joining me. Thank you all for tuning in, and until next time.